and welcome to Be More Burt, the podcast celebrating lives lived differently. Why Burt? Well, it's because we're being brought to you by Burt's Bees, whose founders, Burt, was a pioneer of the good life. Burt encompasses everything we want to champion in this series, doing more of what makes you happy, building connection and community and inspiring you to tread your own path. I'm Pandora, I'm a journalist and broadcaster and I will be your host for Be More Burt. In this episode, I'm so excited to be joined by Kenny Ethan-Jones, who is a writer and activist. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Kenny, great to meet you. Fantastic meeting you. So talk to me about how your career got started. You are probably best known for fronting the I'm On campaign for Pink Parcel. That was in 2018, five years ago. Tell me how that campaign came around, what it meant, how things have gone from there? Big questions. I know. Oh, well, it was an accident. It's the best way to was put it. Was it? Yeah, so I was trading stocks and currencies at the time. Like, that was my full-time job. So imagine that being my bread and butter and what I do versus a campaign front-end period. So very different worlds. But essentially, I was, I was modelling at the time. And, um, you know, I was doing, like, little bits of advocacy, so to speak. And they turned around and was like, oh, there's this period campaign that's come out. Uh, we want you to be a part of it. And I was like, you've sent this to the wrong person. That was my instant reaction when I saw the email. And then my manager called me and was like, no, the email is for you. It basically, they just wanted to be inclusive of everyone who bleeds. And I thought, wow, like this is, this is interesting. Like, this is a big conversation. And I didn't really know how to feel about it at the time, if I'm honest. Do you have any trepidation? Because obviously, as the first trans man to period campaign, you are putting, you're putting yourself in the spotlight, aren't right. you? So that's what it, it was, that aspect. And also the fact that usually when people try to invalidate our gender identity, it would be, oh, well, you're aligning more with like female anatomy. So I thought that that might be used as a way to be like, oh, well, you're not a man. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how ready I was to handle those kind of conversations as well, because I wasn't an advocate and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to basically speak on behalf of my whole community and get it wrong. So I, yeah, I was, I was kind of like, oh, I, I'm not really sure. I'm in an R-ring. I spoke to a friend about it and I was like, I'm really struggling with this, but I want to do it. I just don't know if I'm the right person. I don't know if the world is ready for this conversation yet. And then she just turned around and was like, when have you ever allowed that to stop you? And I thought, you know what? You're right. And before I could like change my mind, sent my manager back an email and said, I'll do it. And so, yeah, I did the campaign and it was bigger than I had ever expected it to be. I didn't think it was going to be this like career defining moment or creating moment. I just thought I would be one of those things that people read and went, ah, oh, you know, would think about. And it got over like 200, 300 pieces of press, shortlisted for awards. I had lots of different feedback, a lot of um, cis women, meaning non-trans were basically like, oh, I just, I'd never thought about, you know, trans men experiencing periods and, you know, how that access to period care and what that language might feel like because it doesn't really speak to trans men. And then some of it was from other trans men being like, why would you do this? Why would you front this campaign? We don't want to be more associated with women. We want to be less associated with women. And so, yeah, it was, it was a lot to, to manage. Um, I didn't really know what to do with myself. And I just thought, well, we'll just kind of We'll just see what happens. Are you still, you're not still doing the stocks and... No, 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 no. So when did that, when did you say good? What was it like? Were you going into work when this was going on? Well, no, I worked from home, so self-employment, right. so it wasn't okay, like... Okay, so you didn't have to walk past yeah, the water cooler and be like, hello, everyone. No, 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 it was none of that. It was just more of, you know, my family and friends acknowledging that this has happened. Yeah. Be like, well, this is a different life. This is a different, this is a different you. This is a different path. And it was probably about... I'd say about three months later, I think, yeah, I'd say three months later, I had to make a choice because I couldn't keep up with the work I was doing around the stocks and the trading as mm -hmm. well as kind of deal with mm -hmm. the media stuff. So I said, you know, I have a choice right now. Which one is more calling to me? Which one do I think is 
what I want to do for the next, let's say, five years of my life, because that's how I was thinking at the time. And I thought that, you know, it was, it was becoming obvious to me that my voice was needed because of the amount of inbox and influx that was happening and people wanting to like interview me and stuff made me feel like, well, there's a valid place for my voice here. And so I just decided I, I, give, it, I give it a go. And here we are. Was there any part of you, obviously, going from something very corporate to something very creative? I mean, there's a, there's an element of precarity in both jobs, right? Like stocks, like that's a precarious job. <laughs> you know, doing this kind of work, that's a precarious job. Do you think that meant that you, do you think you're better at taking risks because of it? I'm just interested how much, obviously, on paper, they are such different jobs. Yeah. But was there any of that same like transferable level? Transferable skills. Yeah, kind of was thing. there any, to do CV speak, were there any transferable <laughs> skills? I think I, I think I understood discipline around being self-employed, I would yeah, say, because really obviously I traded at home, so I had kind of a routine, very different to the routine I had now, but nevertheless, you have to get up, you have to do this. And I didn't know what I was doing when I first started this job, but it was like, okay, well, I need to respond to my emails. I need to, my management at the time couldn't really manage me. They, they just, they needed, they said I needed a bigger agency. So I was like, right, I need to find a new agency. And so it was just trying to be logical around next steps. And I think I took that kind of framework from trading of just like, not necessarily leaning into emotion. I think that's helped me as well around um, like managing my mental health while being on social media and things like that, because that's you have to be so, so non-emotional with trading that when I came to this, it was like, well, I've been doing this for a while. That's such a skill because I have to say that's the thing that I think would make me and a lot of people nervous is it's something so personal. This is your body, this is your life, but bringing, and I think that's really hard to do, right? To bring a non-emotional perspective to a hugely personally emotional thing. Yeah, I guess for many people, but I've just never felt that way. I mean, it's great. <laughs> You're in the right job. <laughs> I know, do you know, I think I've just always, I think as well, experiencing a lot of trauma growing up, I've always kind of learned to know when to disconnect from certain feelings yeah. because I know that they're, they're not positive and they don't, they don't serve me by sitting in it. Sometimes I think it's good to, to process things, and, but I think there's also knowing when to stop thinking about things. And so I think a lot of that has come from trading and just being like, okay, well, this, this path of thought isn't helping me anymore. So let's move on to something that's more positive, you know? Like I remember dealing with the first kind of like trolling I had on Instagram and thinking, okay, what, why am I still thinking about this? Like this person has gone to bed, probably isn't even thinking about it, and I'm still up at night, like, thinking, like thinking, feeling quite hurt by what they've said. Why, what's the point in this? So I think it's also taking that logic if this doesn't serve me. How do you choose your boundaries around that? Do you engage with those conversations? Are you all in, all out? Does it depend on the day? Does it depend on the tone of the message? How do you manage that side? I'll always try to, to interact with people. And I think I'm a strong enough person that I can manage those conversations and I can be a part of them. And so sometimes it's just about engaging in conversations that I think challenges people to think in different ways. And even if they leave that conversation with the same, I, like, uh, I don't know what the word is, the same kind of idea that they had coming in, then it's just like, well, I've challenged that and I've tried my best. And more time, people are very respectful. Like, and they're, they're surprised that I engage with them in that manner. Because I think for the most part, social media has kind of turned our brains into extreme left or right views and you know there is no space for conversation really it's like yeah. either you believe or I believe or we can't Pro be friends binary, yeah. and I kind of try to explore that middle ground of understanding that sometimes all it takes is a little bit of conversation and they might go home do more research and you know that can change their perspective in of itself so yeah I think it's always important to interact but also making sure that when you do do that you're prioritizing your mental health first. So after the dust had kind of settled a bit in 2018, you've decided to leave your corporate job. Did you kind of sit down and think, right, this is what I want to achieve. This is what I want to do with my newfound platform and my sort of 
I don't know if fame is the right word, but my yeah. known my yeah. knownness. Or is it very much that you work day by day, you see what the world throws up? Yeah, hell no. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. What is this? <laughs> like, so Instagram scary. following. Hi. Like what do what? No, I just I had no idea. Honestly. It was more my strengths lies in storytelling. And so however that kind of comes out in the world, whether that be, I don't know, writing TV, writing book, films, whatever, I think that's just where my my strength lies. And so I think it's always just been about using my voice and my personal experience to to hopefully encourage people to be allies of trans people, basically. Are you writing TV at the moment? No, 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 but I feel like I'm just gonna slowly lead into that. I think my the way that my brain works, I can see it happening. I'm writing a book now, and that's the most exciting part. Tell us about that. Okay, so it's called Dear Cis People, and it comes out in June of 2024. And it's basically like just a, my life, you know, just my experience being a trans man in this world. It talks about the intersection of being black, bi and trans. Um, I talk about the way in which the media discuss trans lives and trans existence and how a lot of it is based on misinformation as well. Mm -hmm. um, I talk about uh, that transition in teens, essentially, because um, there's a lot of conversation around like, oh, well, what age should you be able to transition yeah. and not understanding the difference between social transitioning and medically transitioning, yeah. because that's also usually kind of like seen as the same same thing and they're not. Kids aren't ha having medical procedures done at a young age is what I'm trying to say. You know, grief, you know, there's a lot of things that you lose when you transition. A lot of, uh, one of my friends, Charlie, you know, she ends, she's been in multiple attacks since she's transitioned. So she lost her, her feeling of safety in this world. Hopefully do interviews with people around, you know, coming out and being thrown out of your house because your family don't agree with you being trans. So it's about exploring, yeah, grief and all the things that you kind of have to give up in order to become yourself. Yeah, being black and trans and talking about the actual like history of gender and where it comes from and understanding the westernized kind of version of gender versus in indigenous cultures. And it's, mm. it's, a, it's a very, very, I think it's a great book, you know, I wouldn't be writing if I didn't, but I think there's a lot to learn. Um, and it's basically all about trying to educate cis people and trying to basically pull commonalities between our experience so that you can have more empathy for trans people. We'll chat some more in a second, but before that, I'm going to take a moment to share the love story behind Bert's Bees. Along with his partner, Roxanne, Bert didn't just pioneer a natural skincare company, he pioneered a way of life, the good life. He realized something, if you go your own way and make more time for what makes you happy, you'll live a richer life. So he did just that, leaving high-flying Manhattan to live at one with nature. In the wilderness of Maine, he got friendly with some bees. Together, they turned beeswax into lip balms, hand creams and more. Bert has shown us that if you love doing something, don't be scared to jump in, even if it can sting you. Because doing more of what makes you happy is what life is all about. We've been out and about asking you how you live the good life and do the things that you are passionate about. And here's what you had to say. I customise keyboards as a hobby. I take the whole keyboard apart and I kind of mod the inside to make sure like the sounds are a bit more like nicer, ASMR vibes, and that when I click it, it's like nice and smooth. And it takes hours to mod, so it's quite a nice downtime for me to like, I don't know, escape and like put a movie on or something, just relax. Brilliant stuff, thank you for sharing. Feel free to get in touch on TikTok or Instagram to tell us how you live the good life at Burt's Bees UK with the hashtag BeMoreBurt. Do you look back now at where you start and think, oh, that's really interesting, I wanted those things, I don't want those things now, or is it a case of, I want those things and I want all these other things as well? Want to achieve, not just I want yeah. those shoes, I want those shoes. <laughs> 
I never really wanted to be an influencer. And that's probably going to sound quite controversial because I guess that I am. But, you know, I always wanted to, to have a platform and have a voice and be able to get messages across to people. And one of the reasons that being an influencer intrigued me was because all of my, I'm a, I'm a businessman at heart, entrepreneur by spirit. And a lot of my businesses failed because I didn't understand how to market products and how to speak mm. to people and do that side of things. So when, it wasn't my intention, but obviously as things progressed and you know the peer campaign happened and I started to realize that this was the road I was going down, I was like, there's a real opportunity here for me to grow and understand the part of life that I've always kind of struggled with. The number one thing that I love about what I've created and, and the time that I spend around people is that I've met so many wonderful people that support different causes that I've learned now that if I were to build a business, which I am, how I would do it in a way that helps the planet and pushes our society in a positive way, which I don't think I had that influence before. It was just more, how can I make money? I want to have a business. I want to be successful. And now I think about it on a conscious level of what can I give back to society? What ways can I do it in which helps the planet? And I think I never would have had that, that understanding had it not been, yeah, being around all these people. So for me, the goal now is how do I become more than an influencer? Like, how do I build mm -hmm. something that's more sustainable? How do I have more of a legacy? You know, because Instagram and TikTok are the platforms now, but they won't always be here. Something no. else will come. No. And so it's about preparing yourself for that change as well. And so, yeah, I think... You should always be thinking like two steps ahead. Like at the moment, one of the things I'm doing is creating a period underwear company specifically for trans men. And it's been something that, you know, I just feel like it's a 360 going back to the campaign that I first did. And also, you know, just, just a wonderful thing to do for trans people because I think that, well, my experience anyways, periods made me the most dysphoric. And so kind of reclaiming that is not only positive for me, but I can imagine a lot of trans people out there. How have you built sustainability into the period product company that you're building? Do you know what? Honestly, I didn't know a lot about sustainability when I first started building it. And fortunately, having a lot of like sustainability influences in my life, I'd be like, hey, I do not understand this. Can, can you help me? Like, I yeah. really have no idea what I'm doing here. And obviously did some preliminary research before having those conversations with them. And so now it's just more like, for instance, in the beginning, I was thinking more about pads and tampons and there's nothing wrong with those things and they're always useful but I thought right why not do period underwear because it's more sustainable in that sense also thinking about you know what kind of factories do I work for making sure that they're doing all the right things and also thinking what materials are are better from trying to how do we reduce waste um, when it comes to cutting out materials and things like that so I've had to explore a lot of things that I'd never even thought of but yeah so grateful to have those people that I can have this conversation with and they'll be like do you think about this and so those are the ways that I've currently started to explore it but I'm sure that once everything's up and running that I'll find even more ways that I can I can make sure that I'm doing my side by making sure that I'm doing good by the planet where are you at with the business when are you planning to launch it it'll be sometime next year that's all I can promise right now but I've been working on it for about I'd say about three years um it's been something I wanted to do for a long time but yeah, kind of in the final stages of the prototyping right now, which is kind of the fun part. It's like you get to try them on, you're like, <laughs> I was like, as, as we're in the last ones, I was like, my butt looks really good in these. Like, so yeah, I think that, yeah, the fun part, but we'll just, we'll see when it happens, but it's, it's coming. Sounds like you're maybe thinking about how you could do the work without you. 100%. And all of your experiences yeah. being, yeah, very central to it. Yeah, I'm over that. Maybe that was the way you needed to come into your work and maybe it's about evolving it. I, I always think that for people who, especially if your mind doesn't gravitate to numbers, facts, statistics and data, I always think it's important to start with your personal experience. Yeah. And I also think that sometimes it's good to get some skin in the game because you'll, you'll have a real feel for it and whether or not you like it. And so for me, it was definitely the route that I needed to come into. But I think also it's like there's only so many ways I can talk about periods. 
There comes a time where there's no point in me talking about it anymore. It's time to step aside and allow somebody else to come through um, and for their stories to be heard. And so, so much now of my career is more like, I still wanna talk about you know, my personal experience and things that matter to me and I guess traumatic events that I want people to learn from. Me sharing my trauma doesn't serve a purpose anymore. I'm not talking about it. That's kind of where I am. I'm, I'm more inclined to talk about facts, figures, statistics, and you know, just hanging over to, my, to other people. And I think that that comes with also understanding that it takes a community and, and multiple people to help a cause rather than feeling like you have to be central to it. I think a large part of how my online presence was before was reactive. It was always, oh, someone said this that was transphobic. Okay, I've got a clap back and I said something. And, you know, sometimes I wasn't in the right mental state to even be doing that. Or sometimes it was destroying my mental health to do it. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where I was like, right, there are other people in our community that will pick up this, Kenny. Like, you don't always have to fight. You sometimes sit back, sometimes, like, think about yourself. And that was a hard lesson learned because, you know, that was many extra hours of therapy <laughs> like processing things that I didn't necessarily need to and putting myself in a position that I wasn't I wasn't ready to be that vulnerable and so I think you've always got to just really with anybody that has an online presence really just check in with yourself and make sure that you're just doing right by yourself you're taking care of yourself you're actually thinking about the long-term perspective of what you're going to say and the impact that that's going to have on people you need to put a lot more thought into it. I think it's easy because as well as how things cycle, how quick things go over on like social media platforms that, well, it's not gonna live forever, but like it, it does. And so I think it's just take a minute, think about it. Sometimes sleep on the post that you said you was gonna write. I've stopped reacting to things now. Like if I see something that I think I, I do wanna write a piece on, I'll go to bed, I'll sleep on it, I'll wake up and I'll say, do I still feel like it's necessary? Is my voice the most important voice? I'm going to be able to add more value to this conversation. And if I'm not, then I probably shouldn't write about it. I think that's so valuable because we definitely live in a time of hot takes, right. of having an opinion on everything. And I'm often asked my opinion on something that I don't feel I know enough about, that I'm yeah, exactly. definitely not the voice that, right. that needs to be in that conversation. Exactly. And it's about when you start talking about things that, like that, so you're taking away someone else's opportunity to talk about who is more of an expert in that, in that space. So sometimes just know that it's not for you and acknowledge that and don't do it. But I think you've got, that takes, that's time as well. Cause also you're like, oh, well, I've got this opportunity so I should do it, right? Because it's an opportunity. No, mm -mm. sit down. I wonder if you had any advice for people who also exist a lot in the online space. Um, or do a lot of their work in the online space. How do you disconnect from that and reconnect with yourself and reconnect with nature? Well, one of my favourite things to do is to run away to tiny houses. I don't know if you know what a tiny house is. Tell me you know what a tiny house is, please. Is it a cabin? Basically a cabin. Yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. I love a cabin. Yeah, a shepherd's exactly. hut. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. Love a tiny house with a, with a hot tub outside. <laughs> Bring my little doggy with me. Like, yeah, I think for me it's completely just come off. You know, just be like, I, I know that I need a break. I feel burnt out. My work isn't as strong as it was. Like just knowing that you're not at your full capability because you've been spending too much time online. And I think it's naturally, like it's good as well in the sense that even if you don't feel burnt out, sometimes like you're intaking so much information on social media, you actually need time to sit down and process it. Yeah, you know just I mean? really Especially, overstimulated. Exactly. So sometimes you just need to detach yourself in order to like come back and be able to work at your full capacity. You really encapsulate the Burt's Bees ethos of if you believe something, do something. Do you have any advice for people who want to make a change but don't know where to start and are scared about a difficult path? You just got to go for it. Honestly, like I would, I would love to have this 
big, big, I don't know, secret recipe sauce calculation for you. But honestly, like a lot of it, like I fell into what I do. But I'd say you actually did a certain amount of, you, I think you checked in with yourself first of, do I have the personality to handle this? I think it sounds like you went into it quite clear headed. Yeah, I did, but also I wasn't going to know if, if I could do Without it. giving it a go. Exactly. So I, in my head, yeah, everything could have ticked box and I, yeah, great, I'm the person for the job. But actually getting into it, I'd be like, nah, this is destroying my mental health and I can't do this. So I think you just kind of have to do it. And also, when you hit those points of being like, oh, this doesn't work, sometimes it doesn't mean that you shouldn't completely do it. It just means that you might have to change how you do it. So it might be, for instance, you are really anxious at doing lives on Instagram. I hate them. They make me sweat. I just I don't want to do it. But writing a piece about something... I can do that feels more comfortable. That's the way that I prefer my voice being vocalized sometimes. And I think it's like acknowledging those parts about yourself and going, well, this part doesn't work for me, but this does. And just tailoring and building out your career in a way that, you know, empowers you, works in alignment with how you like to think and work and just like I'm a night owl. I tend to write at night. I hate like morning things. And so I tend to stay away from the morning stuff if I can. Just rid and the beautiful thing about this career is you can really build it for yourself and however you want it to look. So take that empowerment and do something with it and just have a job that you're really happy about having. You know, this is hard work. So if you're gonna do the hard work, then at least like make it make it in a way that you enjoy doing it. I'm so with you on the night owl. I love working at night. Problem is, I've also had children, so then you have to also be a morning oh, person. God. It but I, it's it's a really interesting one because um, I know what you mean. There's some, I love writing so it's at like night. Writing at night, school runs in when the you're morning. When you emails. <laughs> exactly, there's a distraction. I think there's a certain quietness that comes with night that just yeah, makes me feel solitude. at peace. Yeah, that's solitude, totally. To finish, Bert wasn't just a guy who loved bees. He created a way of life and he was all about doing more of what made you happy. What does living the good life mean to you? Oh, big question. I just threw in a part B for you. Yeah, I know, that's cute. Oh, being, being able to to do what I want. I know that's really simple, but I have the freedom to say no to work. I don't have to necessarily do what I don't want to do. I, I pick my working hours. I pick the brands that I want to collaborate with. Like it's very much in my control what I do. And I think that if I had a more of a regular nine to five, I probably wouldn't have that and I'd be miserable because I'm just, it's just not for me. And so, yeah, I think, I think in that aspect I am, I think that I need more entrepreneurial spirit and business within what I'm doing at the moment. But overall, I think I've, I've built something quite special for myself. So yeah, I'm happy. Good. Thank you so much, Kenny. Thank you for listening to Be More Burt, the podcast all about celebrating lives lived differently. And thank you to my guest, Kenny Ethan-Jones. Keep listening for more episodes. They're all available right now wherever you get your podcasts. And if you get a set, please give us a follow and a like. And of course, we want to hear from you. If you would like the chance to win a year's supply of Burt's Bees, tell us how you live the good life by sharing your story with us on TikTok and Instagram at Burt's Bees UK using the hashtag BeMoreBurt. For terms and conditions and all the info, head over to www.bemorebert.co.uk. See you next time.